is everything in our lives. And so, Father, help that truth to reign in our hearts here today. Father, I pray that you'll bless these kids this morning. I pray that you'll just help them to know you in a deep way. Father, help them to cling to your truth here this morning. Help them to to really gravitate towards your love and your mercy towards them. Father, I pray that you'll continue this movement you've started in them. It's been a wonderful movement, and I pray for more. I pray for exponentially more that you'll continue this movement in this church and in this community. Father, we believe. I mean, we've seen through your scriptures over and over and over again, like we believe time and time again, you do so much. You're so active. We call on you to do it again. We love you a lot. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful time. Good morning. I'm Steve Spear. I'm one of the life group leaders, and I will be uh, giving the reading for the scripture for today's message. Starting in Matthew chapter 9, verse 18. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes, he said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread throughout all that region. Jesus making time for believers, as relevant today as it was then. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Steve. Well, good morning. How is everybody? Good. I'm glad. Hey, my name is Dallas. Uh, If I haven't met you, I'd love the opportunity after the service to meet you, introduce yourself. I don't bite typically, so um, I do hug a little bit sometimes if you seem really friendly, so, you know, be aware for that. But, hey, we're starting a new series today uh, called Hurry, Worry, and Fury. We're looking at um, some enemies of our spiritual formation. Uh, And what we wanted to do during this time, there are things um, in our lives that um, sometimes maybe even we don't recognize Um, that it doesn't seem necessarily direct, that we don't recognize that are hindering us from taking steps of faith. And we wanted to look at this series because essentially our goal as believers is to become the kind of people who make ourselves available to whatever it is God wants us to do each day. Uh, Whatever He's doing in our lives, we want to have a posture of availability to go alongside of Him and be where He is in our lives. And so... Um, We wanted to essentially call those things out in our lives that sort of get in the way of that. 
And so this week, we're going to talk about hurry. Uh, we touched on this briefly about six months ago, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more in depth here today. Uh, our main passage, if you want to turn there, uh, Steve did a great job uh, bringing that out. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, if you want to open your Bibles and keep them there, that's where we'll be. Um, Dallas Willard once said, y'all know I love Dallas Willard. I mean, i got to get a Dallas Willard quote in there, right? Uh, he said, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. There are certainly many issues that you could point out and you could make a good argument for, but the, the more that I've researched hurry, the more I've recognized that it is sort of at the very top of that list because hurry leads to all kinds of other issues. Hurry can leave, lead to an anxious life. It can lead us into discontentment. Uh, it can lead us to feelings of, of lack in our lives and hurry even can over time lead to mental health and physical health struggles in short the problem of hurry is this hurry diminishes our capacity for love and to love that we cannot effectively receive love or give love if we are in a hurry now i will say this there is one good reason to hurry and that is on account of love so you see the father run to the prodigal son when he returns, right? He just can't wait to give him a hug. And you see Mary, she uh, hurries off to go celebrate with Elizabeth, doesn't she? And in, in the Old Testament, Joseph, when uh, he sees his brothers and he's so excited to see his father, who he hadn't seen in so long, he says, go gather our father quickly, right? And in fact, even Jesus says uh, to Zacchaeus, he says, he looks him in the eye and he says, uh, hurry, and come down, I must have uh, dinner at your house today. So if hurry is on account of love, that's different. And you may find yourself in your own life that maybe somebody gets injured. Maybe somebody's in pain. Or maybe somebody's going through something. And you want to hurry to see them. Or you want to go and celebrate with them. That you're so excited that you just got to get there quickly. If it's on account of love, that's different. But aside from being on account of love, a hurried life is one that drowns out our capacity to love, leading to all kinds of barriers of stepping into the fullness of life that God has for us. So two questions that I have for us to evaluate here this morning. The first one is this. How do you respond to interruption? That will tell you a lot about the impact that hurry is having on your life. This week I heard a quote from C.S. Lewis, and this pierced me a bit, so br brace yourself, all right? He said, how you respond to interruption is who you really are. Now, if that kind of made you say, oh man, I'm not, about, I'm not sure about who I am right now. Well, hey, Jesus gives us a blueprint. We're going to walk through this together, and hopefully we'll take steps together towards having the responses to interruption that Jesus had. Uh, he's teaching in Matthew chapter 9, like Steve read. We're going to go back through this. He's teaching, as he often did, and things take a turn here, starting in verse 18. It says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. So then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched uh, the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. 
When Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread all over that region. So Jesus gets interrupted, and then his interruption gets interrupted. And both times he responds with help. And I think it's because uh, sometimes there are just more important things than what we're actively doing in that moment, isn't there? Or at very least, there's something that's really important to someone else around us that we must pay attention to. Y'all, I think um, Jesus was so available for relationships. There's a lot of words that people will use to describe Jesus. I think one of the most underrated words to describe Jesus is available. I mean, the fact that there were so many people around him and so many relationships and all that, and he would be on a mission, he'd be going somewhere, he'd be doing something, and then somebody will come along and then he is available to them. And I think for us as parents, as spouses, as friends, whatever the case may be, our best ability will always be availability. The question that I have for us this morning is, are you available to the people around you? Are you so on this mission that if somebody comes up to you and they disrupt that mission, that it's really met with a snap, like it is so much in in my case with my kids, I'm like, really? You're coming at me with this? And then I snap, right? Or is it the response of Jesus that's just available to people? Say, yeah, how can I help you? Look at this from Matthew chapter 8. Uh, verses 5 through 7, it says, When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Now, some versions say came and interrupted or came yelling. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? Now, I just, I just love that. I mean, it's this attitude of, Jesus is on a mission. He's going somewhere, right? He's come to Capernaum for a reason. And this guy comes running and he just says, yes, shall I come heal him? Wouldn't it be cool if that was our response to interruption? Yes, how can I help you? Shall I come and help you? Let me change my plan so that I can tend to the need that is in front of me. See, he was available. Are we available to the people around us here this morning? Again, hurry drowns out our ability to receive love and to give love. If we're in a hurry, we are not open and available to the people around us. And I think sometimes we can get so focused on where we want to go that we just miss the bigger point altogether. See, Jesus, the teaching was important in that moment, but what was more important was to help and to serve the people around him. Uh, People can become an inconvenience to us if we're finding that we're in a hurry all the time. Someone goes slow in the left lane. You guys probably, you know, some of you probably do what I do, right? Honk the horn, right? How dare you get in front of me? I'm in a hurry, right? If we step back and we're not in a hurry, man, we get to live a lot more peaceably, don't we? Or how about with kids? I mean, what does Jesus say when the kids come to him. I mean, the disciples are rebuking him like just like I would do, right? Like, dad's got important things to do. I don't have time for this, 
right? And that's what the disciples say, but what does Jesus say? He says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. The kingdom of God is theirs too. How often do we have the attitude of the disciples to say, I don't have time for this. I've got things to do. But perhaps if that's our mentality, perhaps we have missed the point altogether. I mean, if we don't have time for the people and the needs around us, what are we really doing? Now, it's funny, preparing for messages over the last seven, eight months or whatever it's been, I've noticed that God will often allow me to experience the things that I'm going to come and talk about. I was joking uh, with Morgan, I said, you know, I need to do a message on how to steward your overflowing abundance, you know, sometime, right? How to, how to operate out of an overflowing joy in your life, right? So that'll be next week. We're going to scrap worry. Man, now I just thought of that. <laughs> Whoa. We might have to do that. So, um, But this week, I'm preparing for this message. I'm talking about interruption. I'm talking about having a heart posture towards people when interruptions come. And I get a call from a friend of mine, Pastor Godfrey in Uganda. Some of you maybe got to meet him over the summer this past year. And uh, it's a really cool thing. Grace Meadows Church has um, funded for them to, to build a school in Uganda uh, with Pastor Godfrey, Lifelight Missions. It's a really, really cool thing. It's been a dream of his for a long, long time. And he calls me, and in part, it's to thank, you know, thank Grace Meadows Church. Thank you so much for doing this. I mean, you have no idea the impact this is going to have. But then he says two words, and when he says these two words, I know to brace myself. He says, he says you know, and I go, oh, man. And he says, you know, Pastor Dallas, I would just love it if you would just come down here and help us with the build and all that. And I, and I go, and all these thoughts go through my mind, like, I wasn't planning on doing that, you know. I was planning to do this, th- this thing this summer, you know. I was planning to pay for this thing, and I was going here, and I wasn't planning to get my passport renewed. I wasn't planning to get all these vaccinations and all, you know, all these things. And then it wasn't until about five questions down the list that I finally asked myself the question, are you going to be available to your friend who just asked you for help? Am I going to be available to him? Now, the jury's still out on that. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do that or not. But I think the point is a good one, isn't it? That, that we just don't, on our forefront of our mind at times, we've been programmed in our nature to think about all the things that we've got to do, even when we're in the face of somebody saying, I need help. And so what would it look like for us to adopt the response in Matthew chapter 8 of Jesus that says, yes, shall I come and heal him? Shall I come and help you? It's a question I have for us today. Uh, We read in Luke chapter 5 Wednesday night, Tara did a great job speaking about service and uh, Jesus' teaching gets interrupted by pleas for, uh, for help to heal this paralytic, paralytic man. And Jesus heals him. And then after the story, it says this in Luke 5, 26. It says, all those who were there were surprised and gave thanks to God, saying, we have seen very special things today. We have seen very special things today. Perhaps if we become the kind of people who are available to whatever it is God wants to do, 
whether it's planned or not, we will get to see him do very special things around us. If we can respond to interruption with the bigger picture in mind of wanting to be available to the people around us and grow those relationships, then we will get to be a part of God doing very special things in our lives. Far greater than whatever it is we had planned in the first place. So that's the first question. How do you respond to interruption? The second question is, do you find yourself consistently withholding contentment until you reach your destination? See, hurry is trying to get to a place because we think that once we get to that place, then we'll have contentment. It says, I've got to hurry and then I will be content. But we already know that our contentment is found where? In Christ. Our contentment is found in Christ. And if Christ is in us and with us, then he's wherever we go. You know, there was a period of time in my life that I really miss. Uh, No, that's not true. Kind of miss. Where my girls were uh, about two or three. And they just would follow me everywhere. I mean, it was, Dad, where are you going? I'm going to work. Okay, can I come? You know, Dad, where are you going? I'm going to the grocery store. Okay, can I come? Right? And it wasn't that mentality of, oh, I just want to go to work with you. I just want to, you know, go to the store. It was, I want to be where you are. And you got to draw lines as a parent sometimes. And that line for me was the threshold of the bathroom door. You know, you got, I'm sorry, you can be with me, you know, all the time, but here's my line, right? But the idea being that, man, they didn't care what it was that we were doing. They didn't have an agenda on their mind. They just wanted to be where I was. They weren't concerned about a destination. They were concerned about who was with them. And when we're in the car getting to that destination, we have everything that we need on the way because we have God with us. And there's value. There's so much value in that car ride. I mean, how often does Jesus, how often do stories in the New Testament start with Jesus saying, uh, or saying something like this, as Jesus was on the way, as he stopped along the way, John 4, Mark 10, Luke 10, Luke 18, among many other places. Why? Because he was in the presence of the Father, and it didn't matter what they were getting into. It mattered that he was with him, and it mattered what God wanted him to do, what the Father wanted him to do. Jesus lived his life while in the process of going somewhere. See, when we're hurried, we often miss the gift of the present. When Jesus withdrew to pray, there was so much value in it. When Jesus was on the road going from city to city, there was so much value in that walk. There was so much value in sitting and drinking water at the well. There was value in every single moment. Every moment for us is valuable. The car ride is a gift. Now, even if there's traffic, this is going to sound crazy. Even that time in traffic can be a gift to us. That extra five minutes or whatever the case is in the car can be a gift. We don't have to rush and get bent out of shape because we're in a rush. We don't have to do that anymore because contentment can be found in every moment with him. Even if we're late. Now, I've been thinking a lot about this and kind of processing through. So 
tell me, I mean, if you think I'm wrong about this, because I very well could be, just throwing that out there. But I don't know that the term late was ever relevant to the ministry of Jesus. I mean, you take even John chapter 11 when Lazarus has been dead four days. He says, no, no, I'm the resurrection and the life. He goes when I say he goes, and he resurrects him. I'm not sure that this term late was relevant to his ministry. Now, it certainly is relevant in our lives. We have responsibilities that we must get to. We're not Jesus, but I do think that we ought to choose our late. And what I mean by that is the culture sometimes leaks into the way that we think about things. And so often we will sacrifice one late for another. Let me give you an example. You're late for a ball game. And you're cutting people off in traffic. You're not ready and open for conversation with your kid because you're late. So you've really just transitioned one late for another. You've now become late to teaching your kid about what it looks like to have contentment in the moment, and you've sacrificed that because you didn't want to be late for the game. That we've got to choose what our late is. That sometimes we will neglect a need on the road to work or a meeting because we don't want to be late for that meeting, and instead we're late to helping somebody who's in need. We've got to choose what our late is in our everyday lives. Now, I'm certainly not saying that you can't do both, that you could be on time and help the needs around us. I'm just saying that we need to choose what our late is and make the right choices on late. Um, it reminds me of a story. So seven years ago, Justin and I, Justin Mizell, who leads worship here, were uh, planning a, a church, and we had our second meeting and there was 11 of us there and Justin texts me and he says um, hey man I'm not going to be there tonight for our meeting and I'm like what are you talking about you have to be here like you're half our church right now you gotta you gotta be here right and he says no I, I you know I'm I'm having lunch with this couple and I thought it would only be about an hour but it turns out like We've had all these conversations, and they're really spilling out to us some really important things in their lives, and I just don't feel like I should leave this conversation. And some time went by, maybe a lot of time went by, and I realized he was right, that he wasn't late at all in that moment. He was exactly where he was supposed to be. That he was exactly where he was supposed to be. We've got to rewire our thinking on what late is. Because, y'all, if God is our contentment, we don't need to hurry to keep a schedule because he is our schedule. Because he is our schedule. And we can be open to interruption because we know that if there is an interruption, there's a good reason. Because God is in that space and God is going to work in that space. Uh, Psalm 139.8 says this. It says, if I go up to the heavens... You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And uh, some of you may be playing Matthew from The Chosen in your head right now. As he, y'all remember when he recites all that? Anyway, um, but the point is, wherever we're going, God, I'm I'm game. I'm with you. Wherever you want to go today, I'm with you. We don't need to rush somewhere because our contentment is right here, 
with us. And y'all, I think if we can respond to interruption the way Jesus does, and we can have a contentment in the present, not just the destination, then we will slowly begin the process of eliminating hurry from our lives. I think a good next step for us, maybe just ask somebody close to you, hey, how, how am I? Am I a hurried person? Are there times where I'm just too much in a hurry and I'm making the wrong sacrifices here that, you know, relationship is kind of suffering a little bit because I'm always driven to my destination and I'm not responding well to interruption? Maybe just ask somebody close to you. And we can, together, take steps in this direction to eliminate hurry from our lives and step into spiritual formation. Y'all, I, I think we've got a chance here. I really think we've got a great shot here to see and to be a part of God doing such amazing things here at Grace Meadows Church. I mean, we just saw, I don't know how many kids run out the door there. And I pray that God gives each of them a hundred years on this earth. I really do. And I think a lot of those years will be shaped by our decisions to be available to those needs. Whether you're a parent, a grandparent, part of a church member, whatever the case may be, that if we have a posture of availability to those needs, then we get to part, be a part of seeing God do amazing things once again. Like in Luke chapter 5. They say, we got to see very special things today. If we can adopt that posture of Matthew 8 where Jesus says, shall I come and heal him? Next time somebody interrupts you and you have a posture of, yes, how may I help you? Then we have begun the process of becoming more and more like Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives to take these steps. But I believe that we can get there. And y'all know I love to dream. Wouldn't it be cool to look back before we lay our head down one last time on earth and to just say, yeah, like we have been able to see God do very special things in our lives. That we look back and we've noticed that over time he has shaped us. I mean, as we've all we've really done here is just say, God, I'm available. I mean, I want to be available to you and I want to be available to the people around me. And God, do something with that. That I think when that's our posture, then guys, we get to be a part of him doing very special things once again. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for how you continue to teach us together. I mean, just the, the, way that, uh, the way that we just as a family get to come here and worship your name and learn about you and you continue to teach us. And so, Father, I pray that you'll help us. I, help, I pray that you'll help these things to take root in our lives a bit more deeply here today. Father, I pray um, that this will go far beyond this gathering here this morning, that this will go far beyond our Wednesday night, our life group. I pray that you will just make us become the kind of people who just lean in to these things that that we yeah like we actually believe that you can help us move from this point and into this point father i pray that you'll give us a little bit of belief that because your spirit is in us then there are no limitations on what you can do i mean as we just sit before you and say god i'm available I mean, I, you know, I had these plans and stuff like that, but, but I'm open. 
I mean, I'm open. I, I see the needs around me, God, because I'm not so focused on what I need to do that, that I can actually see now that, that there is a direction you want me to go. Father, I pray that you'll work in that space. I pray that you'll be able to help us to see, like in Luke chapter 5, once again, where they just look at each other and they say, wow. I mean, we just, we've seen very special things today. And Father, if you're willing, I pray that you'll make that be true of our whole lives. Now, maybe we'll look back one day and just say, God, we have seen over and over very, very special things. Father, we love you a lot. In Jesus' name.